This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories in Mississippi. I am your host, Marshall Ramsey. I'm editor-at-large and editorial cartoonist for Mississippi Today. Look, our next guest today, Richard and Tamika Bradley, they work as president and executive director, respectively, of Metro Booming Workforce Training Academy. It's a nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide workforce training certifications accredited by the U.S. Department of Labor. And they both have joined me today to discuss, in addition to Richard's work. Now, get this. Okay, I, I'm kind of getting tired a little bit just reading this off because this guy is busy. He works as an assistant women's basketball coach at Jackson State University. He's president of MBAR Sports Lounge. He's president of A3 Consulting Real Estate Holdings Enterprise. And, of course, Dr. Bradley, is, you know, you've had a long tenure at Jackson State as well. You're, you're a great teacher, uh, much more. Um, you know, and I was kind of kidding that today's your day off, but it doesn't sound like either one of you ever really take a day off. No, no, I don't think so. Look, I've, I've, I've named myself the power king of naps during the day. The so. power king of naps. I like that. So um, just real quick, not not that I'm an expert on naps, because my problem with naps is I lay down, take a nap, and I wake up the next day. You know, it's, there's like something like, and I've always like suspected that maybe there's either a carbon monoxide leak in my house or my wife is drugging me. I'm not quite sure one of the two. Um, so what's the best time to take a nap? 20 minute, 40 minute, or what's, what's a good window for naps? I'm going to go with the 20 minute. Um, because I can set my alarm and I won't get into that deep, deep sleep. Like exactly. That's right. Yeah, That's I right. think that is. If you get in like the uh, the deep sleep That's past, right. even way past REM sleep, that like That's when you feel really groggy. That's right. That's so right. 20 minutes. 20 minutes is my go-to. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's on the teaching front. We were just talking about that a little bit. And, and you know, and we're really going to dive into Metro Booming because I, I, I'm kind of excited about it. It's a really great idea that y'all have thought up and have yes. executed and are, have got going now. Um, and we'll get into that. But, you know, between the teaching and the coaching mm-hmm. and the workforce training, it's all kind of comes out of the same pot, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It does. So it it's, does. it's literally teaching people up to be better than what they think they can be. Well, it's mostly creating a culture. Uh, yeah. And I think that's something that Jackson needs. Jackson hasn't had an identity to us in the last maybe 10 years. You know, every time you hear about things in the media, you hear about something that's negative. That's breaking. Yeah, it's breaking. When you come talk about the water crisis, you talk about the garbage crisis, and just all different things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. So when we wake up in the morning, me and my wife, Dr. Bradley, we talk about creating a culture that that, that gives a better quality of life. And that's where all these, these, these entities and companies that we have, our nonprofit, that's where it stems from. Yeah, I was going to ask you both on a personal level that literally everything that you approach, because, I mean, you're very busy. And, mm-hmm. and so you have to decide what you're going to do next based on a general mission statement that you both have, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. So basically to make the, the culture better in the community. Culture creators. Yeah. Culture creators. A city, a city within a city. If you can create a city within a city, you can actually grow a city. Take it piece by piece. Focus, focus on that area. And, and, and actually put all your energy and effort into that area. And, and what we like to do, we like challenges. 
I like I'm a basketball coach. Yeah. So I like challenges. I like to take people or things and see them grow, nurture them, give them what they need to grow and see them prosper to become what you see inside of them. And you know that they have a lot of times people don't even see what they have, uh, the capabilities that That's they right. have. So you have to you have to point them and have a strategic plan, point them in the right direction, give them actual things that can happen, give them um, actual situations that they'll go through, have them prepare for it from a mindset point of view and watch them grow. What basketball coach influenced you? Oh, man, it's a couple. I won't just give it to one. So I'll give it to a couple. Uh, my, My high school coach. Coach Arsman Jordan, he's a legend. He's in the Mississippi Hall of Fame. I I, I played under him. Um, I also say my my college coach at the I Love Jackson State University, Andy Stoglin, um, played a big part as well. And also a coach that I coached with recently here, and she's gonna be in the Mississippi Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'm claiming that right now. Coach Tamika Reed, and she's yeah. on a she's on a winning rampage over there at Jackson State right now. So when you bring all those coaches together that I that I played up under, that I actually coached up under, and I saw all the different things that 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 took to be winners, not only winners but to be champions, because it's a difference. You could be a winner and not win. I mean, you could be a winner and win, but not win championships. But it takes a, a certain level of focus to be a champion. And I was I was bred by championship coaches. Right. And I, was, you know, I went to my 30th reunion uh, a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but I went to my 30th reunion and ran into most of my friends that I played football with. Now, my dad played college basketball, and I was just – I've been a disappointment in so many different ways for my dad. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but we all sat around to a person. And one guy's literally started and sold two software companies. One guy's a drummer for the band, the Georgia Satellites, mm-hmm. which is an 80s band, but he's a, he's a drummer for that. Another guy is mayor of Cartersville, Georgia. We all have had degrees of success, and mm. we all attribute it to our coaches That's right. because of the life skills that we were taught on that. That's right. And the fact that you're taking that coaching mentality into workforce training is mm-hmm. pretty smart, actually, to be honest with you. Well, 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 thank you. And that's what it that's what it takes. Like a lot of the candidates that we that we come across, uh, they have different walks of life. Um, and what we had to realize is that people need support in different areas to be able to be successful. And, and that has helped us create an environment and a culture at our workforce training academy that is like no other. Right. We have different niches. So, so what I've realized about, and, and I, me and Dr. Bradley talk about it all the time, what I've realized is, you know, a lot of people want it. They do. Yeah. A lot of people in Jackson want it. They just don't have the pathways to get there. Exactly. Yeah, and, and and that's about creating pathways. You know, no matter. And the good thing about it is, I'm a coach, so we're used to making adjustments. So we can adjust at any moment because we control our destiny. What we're the type of programs that we're building in that underserved community. So that's what we want to do. We want to create these pathways that are non traditional. You know, that give people options to be able to 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 succeed and become what they want to become while giving them support in the areas that they may need. And it may be, you know, it may be a, someone needs childcare for today. That's right. Someone needs a food voucher or, or a bus pass to be able to get to our program, to be able to take a, a, a week, a three day course to come in and get a forklift certification that can put them in a job that's making twenty two dollars an hour. And we have to be able to do it. We have to step outside of the niche 
of what the norm is, of what people think the pathway should be, and and, and make it a reality of what it is and what the actual things that people go through. Dr. Bradley, we'll come in from the educational aspect of this. And and all the years that you've taught and you come in and you see fresh faces in your classes, you don't know what any one of those, those students are dealing with in their lives or the trauma they may have dealt with or whatever the deal is. And you as a professor, now obviously it's not quite the same as if you were teaching like elementary school where it's a little bit different, but I mean, cause they're obviously they're grownups by the time they get you to you or at least adults. I'm doing yes. air quotes. Um, but the fact is you have to kind of figure out, okay, what are their needs? How can you serve them? And what are the ways that they can be able to get the information that you're getting to? And it's the same with workforce training. You know, you talk about doing that path, but you, you know, if you don't know how they walk or, you know, mm-hmm. if they can see or how good their vision is, or if they're dealing with maybe phobia of paths, you, you, you kind of, that's part of it too, is you have to come in with the teaching aspect of it. Uh, absolutely. Um, what we call it is uh, pedagogical content knowledge. So you see, have- that's why she's a doctor. <laughs> that right there, folks, is right. why you are Dr. Bradley. No, wow. Uh, okay. That's a big word. We look at it as uh, PCK, but you yeah. look at the demographics, you yeah. do a needs assessment, you have an understanding of the backgrounds or you learn the understandings of the backgrounds of the students and then you modify or you uh, create the content to meet them where they are. And so um, as a teacher or or educator, uh, we can't just teach to one type of student. So you have different types of learners, but having not only the uh, on the emotional side, the empathy, but having the knowledge of the student, their backgrounds, their needs. Um, I taught PE. uh, I taught teachers how to teach PE, let me say that. But one of the things is when you go into certain gymnasiums, um, most coaches say we teach basketball because we have the resources for balls and we have 10 goals. And that might be different if they don't have a pool, you know, to be able to teach swimming. And so we have to be mindful of that. And I think that um, I had, um, I ran track, I was an athlete. I think Richard and I share the same heart. Um, And uh, I'm from East St. Louis, Illinois, originally, but uh, I was coached by Nino Fanoy, who coached Jackie Joyner-Kersey. And so coming from an underrepresented environment, Mm -hmm. I'm aware that um, coaches teach the life skills, but education also changes um, the trajectory of a person's life. And so it's the one thing that once you get, nobody can take from you, Mm -hmm. you know, and then it can elevate you if you utilize it correctly. And so in Society, there are so many different things that our our students are up against. But the education is something that they acquire. Nobody can take it from them. And it can absolutely change the trajectory of their lives. And so that's what we are excited about um, coming from our backgrounds through college to now, you know. And so we share um, a passion and so I know uh, you hear Richard talking. He's this phenomenal visionary. And I always tell people, you know, we're two sides of one hand. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's he's that outside you're going to see. He's out there. He's uh, very vigorous and passionate. And then on the opposite side, I'm, I'm the do-do-do-do-do operations person. Okay, <laughs> what steps do we need to get here? Uh, but where we come together is this shared passion and vision of providing opportunities uh, and pathways for individuals uh, to elevate their quality um, of life. And so it is um, not about money, you know, um, <laughs> but it's truly a passion. And so we are excited every day to be able to come together and to wake up and to work toward that end. And it sounds like you have like the perfect marriage. 
Absolutely just the not. fact that you guys know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Two sides of one hand. Okay, somebody know. leaves the clothes on the floor and doesn't put the toilet that's seat right. down. That's I know, right. I, I know, Absolutely. I know that's how right. that works. That's right. 30 years into it, I know how that sort of thing. And, and I love that. I, just to throw a few quotes out at you. Choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. think that's in Confucius did that one. Far and away, the best prize that life has to offer is a chance to work hard at work worth doing. Yes. And that's also important, too, to feel like every day you're going and you're not just doing the cry. That was Theodore Roosevelt. And then this one is the beginning is the most important part of work. Plato, literally getting people in the door to get trained yes. mm-hmm. is the start of everything. That's yes. right. Yeah. That's right. So that's right. on that. So that's great. You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, and I'm with Richard and Dr. Tamika Bradley, the president and executive director, respectively, of Metro Booming Workforce Training Academy. And if you've missed the show so far, we've really kind of talked a little bit about their background of teaching and coaching and how that really kind of, in uh, community building, to be honest with That's you. Because, right. I mean, if you're That's a coach right. or a teacher, you're building a community in your classroom or in your gym at the same time. And um, we talked about how important coaches are, obviously. And I remember when my co- my head football coach died, um, and it was like in one of those mega churches. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was like 3,000 people in the oh, – and, wow. and it was just like he had made such an inf- – and I don't even know if he knew that, to be honest <laughs> with you. And, and, and I always talk a lot about how we're all artists – and we all create art every day, no matter what we're doing. And, and whether it's you creating a, an experience at MBAR or if you're doing workforce training or if you're teaching or whatever, you are literally changing somebody's life for the better, mm-hmm. even if it's just a simple way of giving them a good meal and a good time or a good drink or, you know, giving them a life skill that they're going to watch, which is obviously what you're doing with Metro Booming. So I think that's a good place to start. We all... Um, I joked the other day, and this is kind of grim, but we all died during the pandemic. We didn't realize it. We're just stuck in purgatory because it seems like the wheels have come off of everything. You know, you're you're just watching the news. And and I know you being in the restaurant business, that's been crazy. Um, You know, you can't get food. You can't. It's expensive. And then on top of that, there have been and I've talked to several business owners that they've had trouble getting people to work That's right. or, or to come work or when they get there that they want to work you know that's it's right. just the pandemic kind of really did throw things off didn't it that did it did and and that's what that's where we kind of came into this idea with the workforce so it actually stemmed from us being entrepreneurs um so during the pandemic what we did was a lot of people you know couldn't work it was a lot of regulations and things like that supply chain was messed up and all of that so we had to figure out a way to train people who had never worked in the industry who wanted a job. Yeah. So we, we 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 came in, we started doing safe serve thing classes at our at our restaurant and things like that. And that actually, you know, you had to be creative. And that's what when I saw how that helped me be able to survive at Embar during the pandemic by being doing in house training. It, it took me back to when I was was small. I, I'll just I'll just say this: how it came about. So my mom is an educator. I was raised in a house where my mom was an educator, and my dad was an auto technician. And he worked for multiple Goodyear, Firestone, Toyota here. And then I, I realized that a lot of times he would leave and go on trips to go get training. And that training came from in house from those employers yeah. that he worked for. So actually, I remembered that, and I just said, okay, if the big guys are doing it, Toyota, the the major corporations. 
corporations, whatever small corporation, a small entity or uh, entrepreneurs like ourselves implemented a system like that throughout every entity that we deal with. So Dr. Bradley owns a construction company, PDT Logistics, and we we wanted to grow in capacity, not only be able to staff the jobs that we have or the the job sites that we need. We figured out that if we can train in-house and train people and give them skills to be able to 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 obtain a higher wage or able will it and it actually gave us the capabilities to be able to go out and uh, bid for different jobs um, where we can do different things where we don't have to sub it out to different companies and we had it in house. Imagine how that can affect the community. So that's kind of where the idea came from, being able to train in-house and bring people together uh, during that pandemic time really helped us a lot. Yeah, and I would add, too, that um, I I think it's individuals who have the desire to work. Mm -hmm. Um, They are special individuals. And so um, we had young men and young women who had the desire to work and the opportunities that were made available to us, we were able to pull them in and train them. And so I do contract work. And so it's like from contract to contract, but you look three years later, these ladies and gentlemen are actually employees. We have kept them employed over um, three years. And so some we've, we've uh, sponsored, they wanted to go into um, Um, CDL, heavy equipment, heavy equipment. Right. So we've, we've helped, to um, help individuals to get specialized training in schools, get certifications. Uh, and then we're also teaching the life skills. And so those individuals who come and do contract work for us, you must have a checking account. I was going to ask, what are some of the life skills that so you teach? You, you must have a checking account. We have relationships with banks, and so they've gone in. They've had credit counseling. We have uh, young men. They, I want to be able to buy a house. What do I need oh, to yeah, do? And so yeah. we've made those connections with them. Um where where I bank, I think all of my employees, employees have opened bank. accounts right. Right. at that bank, you know, but it's really about relationship outside of the life skill, about relationships. And so we're building in that way. And so they know, no, I'm not going to pay you cash. You're, you're going to get That's a right. check. You have yeah. to have a checking account. That's right. You need to have a state ID or a driver's license. And so some of these things, um, believe it or not, people just take for granted uh, or don't think about, but... They're the fundamental necessities to establish themselves uh, to to be successful in the workforce. And so we've learned and we've uh, honed what we've learned to uh, translate to our Workforce Training Academy. And so we are really excited about that. And that goes back to what we talked about earlier about the support services and the different pathways. So a lot of people in underserved communities, they don't know how to open a checking account. Right. And those are the things that... If, and it can get really expensive if you try to cash a check and you don't have a checking account. Yes. That's right. Yes. A lot of predatory lending and things like yeah. that. You know, And that's what we try. Things things like that in the community bring a community down, in my perspective. You know, you have to have... I mean, I guess... And it's it's, it's, it's United States. You can, you can do what you want to do, businesses and things like that. Right. But we've got to create... We've got to create a way, different pathways, like we talked about earlier, that... that People can't just walk into different colleges or community colleges or high school and you can't get that type of training because no one actually tells you, look, this is what has to happen for you to have a bank account. That's right. So what we've done also, too, and I'll mention this as well, 
um, we've partnered with Community Bank, um, and they're going to teach some financial literacy classes at our at our um, at the Workforce Training Academy. So those are the things, the creative pathways and creative support services that we're doing over at our training academy that makes us unique. And creating that culture of education and growth in within there. So if I'm an employee and I'm working for you and I realize that this isn't just me going to be doing the same thing day in, day out for the rest of my life. The fact that I have opportunity to grow and that I can move up the ladder and so forth, that means you're retaining employees and you're not having to retrain yeah, I mean, right. you're, you're training them, but you're not having to retrain them. So you're right. you got a higher level of employee the whole time too. So it's a win for y'all also. That's right, and, and for them. That's yeah. right. And we don't have a usually we don't have a lot of turnover, and you know we have people. That's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. especially in the business that we're in, so we don't have a lot of turnover. And I think our our waiting list for people that that want to work is um, growing. <laughs> oh, that's great. And so we use the. Um, I'll just give an example. When I was a department chair. Uh, at Jackson State, I hired an administrative assistant. And when I hired her, my question was, what do you want to do in three to five years? And she said, I want to teach. And so I hired her with the understanding that you are not going to be an administrative assistant for the rest of your life. Um, And because we were in education, here are the pathways to help you get to becoming a teacher. Gave her opportunities to you know, sit in on classes. And then once she earned an advanced degree, she had an opportunity to adjunct teach. But she's now a certified teacher. She's been teaching in the That's public true. school system for about five years. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. And we want the same thing for our employees. So as they're working, you know, we're, we are, uh, we get out there with them for some things. Uh, well, I do. I, I'll say that. I get out there with them. <laughs> I'm, I am observing. That's but right. I, 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 my, my strength is to identify skill sets to see, right. you know, to maximize on what their strengths are, to notify them what their deficiencies are or areas for improvement. But when we identify those, having conversations to say, hey, what do you want to do in three to five years? But having, and, and so right now, that's going to work really well. And then we have um, this wealth of resources of people who also want to help. So I know we talk about the waiting list, but we have people who have skills that are retired. I considered myself to be retired, but my husband said, no, you're not retired. So I'm re-tired. Um, <laughs> over and over again. Right. Yeah, you, um, you got the tired down part. But, yeah, but, that's right. but from my respective background. 20-minute power nap. That's yes. Right. That's um, right. Having opportunities. I have former educators and administrators who uh, have backgrounds in social-emotional learning, support services, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, exceptionalities, but all of these individuals also share our passion. They say, we want to be a part of what you all are doing, and they're not looking for pay. And so using the, that human capital to come mm-hmm. in and help mm-hmm. us provide or create this structure that's going to benefit so many people is actually um, inspiring, and it just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. And so um, that that's not lost on us. You know, we talk about community. There's so many people out in communities who, in their individual capacity, may not be able to do something, but they have something to offer to a larger group that can be impactful. And so I think that that model is going to really culture. help us excel, yes. Creating that culture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to throw out the television show Ted Lasso is on Apple TV, and it's about a 
basically an American football coach comes out and gets hired to coach soccer or football in, in London and doesn't know anything about it. Basically, the ex-wife of the owner, former owner, wants to tank the team. Mm-hmm. But instead, he comes in with no ego and he basically enables everybody to grow. Right. And by the end of the series, you know, they've, they're winners and the, the cult, everybody's working on themselves. And that literally, you know, you think about that snowball effect, how one person or two people can change two or three more people. And, that's and right. then that's how you change the community. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Somebody, somebody said, how do you change Jackson in 200 years? I remember I had to do a TEDx speech on that. And I said, I can't. And I'll be really honest with you, but I can change the life of maybe somebody now Today, who can change somebody else's life. And, you know, and, and in within 200 years, the community's totally changed because there's been this cascading snowball effect. That's right. Yes. And that's what y'all are after. Yes. That's right. That's exactly nice. right. And I'm glad you're getting along better. I, I was a little worried there for a half second because when you said <laughs> that she doesn't get out there, I saw the look. And, and, I, and I was like, this is not a marriage counseling show because um, I struggle enough with my own. So I don't want to I don't want you guys getting. We, we just celebrated 20 years of marriage that's uh, right. uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we high five every year. Yeah, you know, right. no kidding. Because um, right. he has a special temperament to deal with me, and I have a special temperament to deal with him. Yeah. And so it works for us. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, a- you seem pretty chill, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm um, not. You're not. Okay. You're, so you're very intense, very focused. Very. That's right. Very focused. Okay, yeah. very good. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I kind of relate to that a little bit. I got that <laughs> I got that going on in my marriage, too. My trick, and I've got to tell you this, for, we're going to get off the marriage thing and back into to, uh, Metro Booming here in just a second. The, the trick that I finally figured out after 30 years and several scars is that if I walk in a room and I see something that needs to be done, I don't, number one, demand a medal if I'm going to do it. I'm just just quietly do it and just take care of it. And then because I've discovered along the way that she was doing that all along. So if I do it and, you know, I don't like, hey, I emptied the dishwasher. I deserve a medal. (laughs) You know, once I get past that, you know, I just empty the dishwasher and quite move on. Write that down. Yeah, I will. will. So that's my that's the only Dr. Phil advice I can give (laughs) on the whole thing. Metro booming, which, by the way, um, it is for those who are not familiar with the area. So you're going out West Capitol past Calvary Baptist, kind of hang a hard right. right. It's down um, down the street off of North Green Avenue. Mm-hmm. And there was a metal building there. Y'all didn't build a metal building. Was it there or did you build it? It, it was uh, It was there. Um, okay. That area, and I'll just give a little uh, synopsis of that area. Yeah. It was one of the biggest illegal dumping areas in the city of Jackson. So when we acquired the property, we came in. The structure was there, so we had to come in and do a remodel, but it was actually there. Um, and we came in and remodeled it, and it's near. It sits near the train tracks. Yeah, that's right. Had. Yeah, it's not too, not far from Town Creek. That's right. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Right across from Town Creek. Yeah. Um, so we we basically focused on that area, and and I don't know why God brought us there, but we were there. Uh, we were, and I was just looking online one day, and I said, Doctor Bradley, this is something I think we need to take a look at because we were trying to grow. Um, so when we got there, um, we focused on that area and put a lot of effort and energy and just getting, getting it cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the main thing. And that has, has actually decreased a whole, whole lot with the help of the city of Jackson and Hines County. Um, and just pulling the resources together, we had people come out to volunteer to help in the area to get it clean. Um, and once we focused and I, I realized, I said, wow, this is really something that can benefit and be a resource for the community in this area. Um, when you look in that area, I think Calvary Baptist Church has been there over a hundred years. Yeah, um, I think that area is the 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 oldest industrial area in the city of Jackson. 
So what better way to go to the, the, the oldest area in Jackson, Mississippi, that a city that everyone has thrown away, everyone has highlighted the, the negativity and the things that they go through. How about let's start from the beginning? That's right. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the beginning. Yeah. Let's start where we originated from. And let's, the epicenter. Let's go. Yeah. And build from there. And let's give people hope. And let's show people that it can be done in this area. And let's show that every piece of land not in the city of Jackson is valuable to the people that the community that it sits in and it serves. And that's when I walk, when I when I drive up down there, if I look to my right, I can see the skyline of the city of Jackson. You can see the state capitol. You can just see all the big, tall buildings, the King Edwards Hotel. And that lets me know that God has us in the place where we need to be. And it's all about progression. It's not going to happen in one day. Like you said, we just continue to change lives. We continue to put the work in. We continue to show up. And that's what we plan on doing. Why not, Jackson? Why not put our resources? And I talk to my wife all the time about this. We could go anywhere in the world and probably do what we're doing. But we're going to do it right here. Why not do it in Jackson? Why not make a difference in this community? Why not bring in fresh markets where people can have areas to shop and have grocery stores? Why not bring in entertainment? You know, I always talk about I was talking to a good um, I'm a part of the Mississippi Restaurant Association here in the state of for the state of Mississippi. And I was talking to um, I was talking to Jeff and some of Jeff Good, some of the other guys about culture. You know, and I told I said, Jeff, you know, everybody, all cultures entertain themselves differently. It's just a fact. They mm-hmm. entertain themselves differently. And then a lot of times when we go into a different culture, we really don't just understand about, you know, you don't understand it. But we all, at some point, when you go to Jamaica, when you go to Las Vegas, we all entertain ourselves together. I said, Jackson can be like that. We can all entertain and intermingle and and interact with each other and be as one. Jackson is one. We're not, it's not this, it's not that. Jackson is one big community. And when we realize we focus on that and we put the energy and effort into that, I think there'll be a change. I don't think you could, it won't take 200 years, but I'll say this. In five to ten years, we can see a big difference in Jackson, Mississippi. Well, we saw, I mean, obviously, and I worked downtown for 22 years, and, and I saw the waxing and waning of, of redevelopment projects. I saw things succeed. I saw things fail and so mm-hmm. forth. But it's amazing where you get, what, like you said, you plant that seed in one area and how it definitely does grow outward mm-hmm. uh, and grow outward and grow outward. So you're not only changing lives, you literally are changing the physical nature of the community as well. That's right. Yeah, that's huge on that. So the building, uh, metal building, like I said, you've you got like 20,000 square feet. So you've got a lot of space to do different type of things. And mm-hmm. so for you can get certifications. I cannot say that word today. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I was like, I, for some reason, it is so Monday. I, that's right. You know, I, I've been speaking all week and I've suddenly forgot how to speak. So that's, that's how right. that happens. But I mean, you can be an auto technician. You can get uh, in construction, be mm-hmm. a diesel mechanic, forklift operation. So these are real skills that pay real well. Yes. Yes. yes, yes Which yes, is that, important, too. That is. And that, and that changes the quality of life. Um, and and the thing with the ASE and auto and auto and diesel ASE certifications. Yes. We've got some great employers that we've been talking to. So I think entry level positions start at eighteen dollars and go up to about thirty five dollars if you're a master technician. Um, 
Toyota, just to name some, Tri-State Trucking, uh, and they have been, they played an intricate part and, I mean, just been very helpful on making sure that we had what we need to be able to understand what it takes to train people exactly like they need them to come in when they enter the door. A lot of times you want to you wanna make basically like an apprenticeship program, something mm-hmm. like that, but you want to make sure that, that when you're training people, we want to fast track those people. And what I mean by that, because people need They need income. to eat. <laughs> they, need to, <laughs> they need to eat. I need gas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. that, and that's going to, that's our niche. We want to fast track people, but give them the information they need to be successful. Yeah. I, you know, especially too, and you talk about the auto industry uh, with the electrification of cars right. and with what's going on with some of the federal mandates that are coming. The auto business is completely in disruption right now. And right. So like everything else, you know, newspaper, media, music, you name it, food, everything has been mm-hmm. disrupted. But they're going to they really do need training. That's right. um, they need yes. a lot of that. So that's that's and that's good for y'all because it creates the the really nice market for you to being able to have people that are interested in what you're doing. That's right. Yes. That's right. So yes. that's great. So how does that work day to day? I mean, obviously um, you're both incredibly busy on that. Do you have people that are going to be running the training centers and, and you've got trainers and so forth? That We do. So my dad is actually leading the charge with the ASC certification. He is an ASC certified that's technician. That's awesome, by the way. For four I didn't, years. I was going to ask him if he's still out, out there working, but that that's great that he's doing well, that. Well, he's, he's semi-retired. I, I think everybody that's, sem- that's retired around me, I bring them out of retirement yeah. for, for some odd reason. I wish we had that on video because I just got a really good look, <laughs> look from, from, uh, from the doctor. So. That's right. That's right. So my dad is leading the charge on the um, training for the certification, um, and he has other ASE retired technicians that want to be a part of it. So that's the good part about it. We've got family that's in-house that's working together. And it's awesome to be able to get up and work with my dad every day. Yeah, um, no kidding. Yeah. I, I'm about to say, obviously, he was an inspiration for you That's right. along the way. That's right. Well, I saw him work hard. I saw him yeah. get up every day and work weekends and when I, even though I was a dandy dozen basketball player here in the state of Mississippi and then uh, one of the top 50 players in What Jackson position state. did you play? I meant to ask you that before. Well, I was kind of versatile, so okay. I played positions two through five, believe it or okay. not. Okay. I was hoping he said power forward, and I always tell people that's my favorite position because my husband played that position. <laughs> um, my favorite NBA player is Dirk Nowitzki, though, but he's my favorite all-time <laughs> okay. player. But he could play it all, though. He could. Yeah. So I, I, I was versatile and I played yeah. different positions, but I just saw how my dad worked and he was not able to attend a lot of my basketball games yeah. because he just worked, you know, and he had to provide for our family. And also with my mother as well. She was a teacher and she taught after school. So, you know, games start at five o'clock after school doesn't get out to six. You know, she doesn't get off to six, six thirty seven. So they yeah. miss games. So I just saw how hard they worked. And now to be able and my mom, actually, she runs the M-Bar. She's the general manager of M-Bar. So to be able to get up and work with your parents every day and then put them in the environment that they grew, they they worked in and, and, and made their careers in, it's awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. Awesome. Yeah, my dad had a he, – he was a salesman. He sold everything off and then decided to uh, – he bought a gas station with my neighbor. And, uh-huh. and so it was full service for years. And then they closed it and opened up an auto garage. And my mom was a teacher. So you and I are kin. That's right. <laughs> yeah, other than the fact that I was not versatile on the basketball court, so you know, yeah. I couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna continue talking a little bit about Metro Booming, uh, Doctor Bradley. You were just discussing about your influences, and uh, you've got 
incredible story on that. I was just in the break, and I hate to make you say the same thing no, again no, on the second fine. time, but you know, we were talking about that because I think the big thing about Metro Booming, and I think one of the real strengths of what you're what you're doing is the fact that you're going to become inspiration in people's lives that maybe didn't have the inspiration that both of you had. And you talked a little bit about your dad, uh, Richard, and you've got an incredible rock star grandmother and mom. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just saying that, you know, my mother was a, a teenage mom. She had me at 17 and I was able to uh, watch her move from being a clerk at Woolworth you know, to working at a bank and then having uh, a career with the post office. She retired, uh, but watched her grow and raise me uh, and be an awesome, phenomenal mom. And also talked about my grandmother who stood in the gap, you know, who helped support my mom as a teenage mom in raising me. And so those are major influences for me. And so I I just talked about my admiration for them as women. And then really um, not having a, a... father a uh, father figure until I was 12 my 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 stepfather I called my dad my dad yeah. uh, my mom married my dad uh, and so uh, then I had more of a pronounced male figure in the home wonderful uncles you know and a grandfather so I said I admired Richard and uh, his relationship uh, with my with our son you know as a dad yeah. and so I was just saying and, and that's that influence and so we have an employee uh, who says that uh, he tells people that Richard's his dad. You know, oh, yeah. He tells people yeah, that sorry. Richard's dad is his granddad. But it's <laughs> it's the admiration and the modeling um, and the example that he is because I said, if Richard's making burgers, our son, when he was younger, wanted to be a chef because That's he right. thought his dad was a chef. You know, he would make these super burgers on Mondays. Let me make a burger. It's just a burger. Um, and then, um, you know, and then with him playing basketball, our son, you know, wanting to be uh, great at basketball, yeah, but it's this right. influence and it's this example and it's and it's this modeling. And so we're approached all the time now by people uh, who have questions for us about entrepreneurship. And so that's awesome, you know. Yeah. And then we are an open reservoir because um, our desire has always been, as Richard said, if it's ten steps so that they don't spend too much time at one step. This is what you need to do to help them move forward. That's so, huge. Right, to, to, to cut that, um, that time frame that they have to try to figure it out. We did that already. We, mm-hmm. we figured it out. So mm-hmm. here's what you do, and this helps to propel them forward, you know, in a shorter amount of time, and I think that that's absolutely beneficial. Yeah, and I, and I, also, I also tell our employees, don't be imprisoned by your title. Um, don't be afraid. You know, even though you may be a banker or a teacher or whatever the case may be, God may have a bigger, bigger purpose for you. And don't be afraid to go after different things. Be progressive. Um, wake up and want to be better. You can do it. And, you know, those are the things. The inspiration and the motivation a lot of times can get people out of ruts. And when their mental capacity is just not where it needs to be, you can help people grow their mental capacity just by being a motivator. And those are the things that I wake up and try to do. And we talk about all the time with our employees as well. And I can tell you that from personal experience. And I mean, I went after a career that there was no pathway whatsoever Mm -hmm. to do it. And but I had mentors Mm -hmm. that helped me illuminate that path. And, And I think about what you're doing with Metro Booming. And that's you are literally just shining a flashlight. Mm-hmm. on people's future being mm-hmm. able to see where they need to be going and 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 two and if you if you look at trauma studies that people that maybe have like maybe they didn't have a parent around or That's they right. had challenges and so forth if there is a strong person in their life it doesn't have to be biological per se 
that they can they can they can move forward. So, like I said, between cleaning up uh, the surrounding neighborhood around there. And by the way, did they ever pave the road down into where you're going down in there? Well, not just yet. They've paved Capitol Street all the way up until I think that's Prentice Street. Yeah, and they're working on coming on down. Uh, but yeah. the area the city has came in and put new street lights in. Oh, and that's good. Yeah. And different things like that to curve the dumping. And it's definitely have helped out. Um, we've acquired more property in that area. I think we have about 10, the, the, the 20,000 square foot um, where the training academy sits on about four acres. The other six, we've acquired another building down there that we have potential plans for. And we're also looking at some affordable housing in that area. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, you know, people need quality of life. And I just can't say that enough. You know, that that has to happen in that area. And then, you know, when you when you drive that area at nighttime, it looks it looks so gloomy sometimes. But really, when if if you put if some infrastructure work was done in that area, it would bring a lot of vitality and just a lot of energy into that area. When I turn down Green Street mm-hmm. and I go down toward the training academy, it just opens up, and yeah. I'm just like, and you can see um, what's there and the potential of what can be there, what will be there, and so that is really encouraging. And so the other thing, too, um, with this drive, you know, the the Metro Booming Workforce Training Academy is a workforce development initiative within the nonprofit. Mm -hmm. You know, the nonprofit collaborates with A3, with Mm -hmm. that that business who owns the building. And so it's really just it's really um, one part of a whole. And and we want people to plug in and we want to continue to. illuminate or, you know, move, electrify the area to where it permeates, you know, uh, up and down the corridor of Capitol Street and throughout the city of Jackson. So that's the hope. That's the hope. We talk about an incubator, but that growth, you know, that incubator, that growth coming out of there, positive, positive growth. I have a degree in biology, and when I'm thinking about incubation, I'm thinking about Petri dishes, bacteria in my mind. (laughs) But what I do is sort of translate my understanding to, to other areas. And so, as executive director, I have uh, managed uh, grants when I worked at Jackson State. We had a Verizon program. And so developing programs to empower people, people. Mm-hmm, you right. know, um, and, and Richard, you know, he mentioned God, but um, nothing is done by accident. And so I just think God equipped us with this skill set, these tools. He puts the right people around us. He removes the wrong people from around us. That's right. Uh, and so, um, so as we approach it every day, we know that. And so we operate in that assurance that um, what will be, will be, and it's going to be great. And then when you see other people talk about it and you see their light, that is so encouraging and inspiring. I mean, other people are really excited. And so when other people can see your vision, you know, I think that um, that's a motivation. That's right. And, you know, and then those power naps may become shorter because he's just driving, driving, driving. That's right. Yeah. In between his power naps. That's right. (laughs) Well, and I mean, the thing is, and I I was just thinking about everything that you're doing, almost like a bunch of people in a boat and everybody's rowing the the same way, the same speed, the same thing. And you're going to, you talk about momentum when you get everybody working together and you have everything working on a plan on that as well. How can people find out, obviously, uh, you know, how many people are you training? I mean, what's uh, what do people need to do to be able to come and, and apply and be part of it? So uh, our first class is going to be the forklift training certification. And so we have 
um, an onboarding session that's going to occur on October 20th. And so we have um, a website. We have mm-hmm. uh, www.metroboominc.org, and it has information there. Uh, but we'll be planning our first class for November 6th. And so we've had people come by. You can come by the shop. We have somebody there um, that will um, give you a tour, have a conversation with you. We have an application that will help us with assessment needs to identify where you want to be, and we can provide more information about the additional certifications that will start in 2024. That's right. Wow. 2024, that sounds so far off in the future. It's a it's blink. Like, I know it yes. is. It is a blink. It is. It's amazing. I mean, congratulations, though, on Thank this. You. I mean, like Thank I said, you. I think this is a great idea. Again, I was just looking at some statistics before we went on air. I think we're up to like 83% now of the workforce before the in Mississippi um, the, the, before the pandemic. I saw that number. But basically, most of the people are getting back to work. They're getting on there. It's just it's like the whole workforce thing has changed, it seems like. Uh, right. Just the pandemic kind of changed everything. And congratulations for both of you for surviving the pandemic well, uh, thing, you. too. Thank and then the businesses you. that you do. I mean, it was just kind of like now construction, I would imagine, got a wee bit busy. It yeah. did. It yeah. did. Yeah, because uh, everybody wanted to do something to their house. That's right. There. That's, <laughs> why you couldn't, that's why you couldn't buy a two by four to save your life. That's right. So I transitioned from education to construction yeah. in 2020, right, right at the beginning. And so, Richard. Why did you decide to do construction? Um, we had. He's an entrepreneur, so yeah. I always give him this five-hand signal. You can only do five things. You know, I try yeah. to give him this hand signal, but he does this. He He's got two both hands. hands. That's yeah. right. Um, but uh, we we had a we had done some things informally, and so we were like, look, we just thought about it. We can sit down and we can really formalize this business. We got licensed with the Mississippi Board of Contractors. It's a one hundred percent woman owned, minority owned business. Yeah. We were just trying to position ourselves for opportunities, and they came. And so um, sometimes what what is somebody else's uh, disaster is actually a benefit for the contracting work that we do. So we have natural disasters come in. We do debris removal and we do waste disposal. Mm-hmm. I say all the time, we're war dogs. We don't mind small jobs. You know, yeah. we don't mind doing, somebody has to do the little work. We'll climb up a building. We do chemical cleaning. Uh, with COVID, we did COVID cleaning. So we had the certifications to do those things and we just really maximized on them. And based on the relationships that Richard's, uh, Richard builds, we ended up having opportunities outside of the state. That's and right. so um, we we were truly, we recognized it as a blessing during that time um, that we were working and we were able to employ people who wanted to work. 18, 19-year-old young men and young women who were learning skills and trades, you know, that are now 21 and 22-year-old. So that at the end women. of the day, if that's an attitude that you can give to workers that, A, never be afraid of, of bettering yourself more, with more education, never be afraid to work hard, and never be afraid to try something even if it fails. That's there right. You go. Be- because that's that's, that's literally the ultimate education right that's there. It. That's right. That yeah. is it. Yeah. That is it. Awesome. Man, this has been really inspirational. Thank you. Well, thank you for having us. No, this has been fantastic. Is there uh, – we got like 45 seconds. Is there anything else you all would like to add? Well, I, I just think the the overall goal of the culture we're creating and the, we want to thank the citizens of Jackson for and the state of Mississippi for getting behind us and believing in us and trusting us. And something that I saw with Coach Prime, he's a really good friend of mine, and we talk all the time. Um, and one thing I can say about the city and the community, when we get behind something, we can push it to yeah. levels that no one can imagine. 
and seeing what Coach Prime did at Jackson State is one of those things. And now he's at Colorado. So, and the people in the community in the state were behind him. So let's get behind it and let's push Metro Booming Training Academy. So we already know we can do it. I yes. mean, that's the that's thing. Right. I mean, and it's the th- that that's was the right. beauty thing about having him here is it that's just right. re- should remind us that now that he's not here, we still can do it. We that's still right. can. Because we right. still got it in us. That's, that's right. That's right. yeah. great. Man, this was fun. And um, thank you for the great marriage tips, too. I appreciate <laughs> no, that. Well, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. <laughs> We're 20. You're 30. So thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. Yes. <laughs> well, we won't go into two now. Just kidding. Uh, my, my wife, um, somebody asked her, what's it like being married to somebody who's funny all the time? And she said, I have no idea. That was her first thing. And, and her second one was uh, the past tense of woo is wed. And I was just like, that really sounds better, but it was pretty funny. So I'll give her that. That's great. Once again, the website www.metroboominc.org Thank you both. This was great. Thank Thank you. you. All right. Well, thank you for listening and thanks to our special guests, Richard and Dr. Tamika Bradley for joining us today. If you'd like to hear this or any past episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on on your favorite podcast app or on our MPB public media app. Now You're Talking is production of MPB Think Radio with episode and podcast produced by Jermaine Flood. Join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. I'm Marshall Ramsey. Y'all have a great week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.